Jesus said, Let your light shine before others, so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God. Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here's Marketplace veteran and your host, Bob Lambert. Hey, hello out there, everybody in the universe coming to you, booming through WYLL AM 1160 here in Chicago, all over the world. If you don't have the app for this thing, you got to download it because there's no excuse now. You can listen to us from anywhere you have an internet connection. So get out there at AM 1160 and download the app. And, uh, you know, here at Faith Marketplace, we equip individuals, entrepreneurs, small business owners with resources plus community to make a kingdom impact to glorify our mighty God while gaining inspiration from marketplace leaders. And boy, have I got a whopper for you today. I'm Bob Lambert, host of the Faith Marketplace and the founding partner of the Samurai Business Group. At Samurai, we offer entrepreneurs, individuals, small mid-market companies, and their teams advanced business development and sales skills training. Most of our clients report that they have doubled or tripled top-line revenue within the last 12 to 18 months. At Samurai Business Group, we put the win back in your sales. And this is an interview that I've been jonesing for ever since I met this young man. But I want to introduce you to David Shastri. He is the Director of Product and Design and a Principal at Debit Pay uh, here in Schaumburg. But also, he has his own company. And we're going to talk about a lot about that because he brings brilliance to the digital world. And uh, you're going to want to know about that, okay? So that's what we're going to be talking about. David, welcome. Thank you so much for having me today, Bob. Such a pleasure. Yeah, and this is, I was so excited and energized, especially after I read through everything. You know, uh, boy, I'll tell you, folks, uh, we're going to have a lot of fun today. But first of all, let's start off. David uh, gave, it, gave me a quote that I was really curious about. What was that all about? So why don't you share that with our audience? Absolutely. So desire backed by faith knows no such word is impossible. <laughs> right. And that's from one of my favorite authors, Napoleon Hill. And, you know, that really kind of sums up my life and my experience to date. Right. Because obviously we are backed by faith and we're backed by the Lord and, and you know, our belief in him drives everything that we do daily. But there's also the desire that has to exist and burn within us, you know, and the, and the desire and the vision for what we want to do as individuals um, and what is the purpose of our life. Right. And how do and uh, how does our belief in Christ and our communication to each other and our collaboration with each other as members and sisters and brothers in Christ, how does that push our desire forward? Yeah. And if I could be wrong about it, well, of course, it, you know, Napoleon Hill's a classic, right? Absolutely. Grow rich. Absolutely. So the, the point of the whole thing, though, is I believe he was a Christian. I believe he was. Yeah, I believe he was. I too. believe he was. Zig Ziglar, all the, all the greats, really. Absolutely. And, uh, Dale Carnegie, on and on the list goes of yeah. some of the guys that you're <laughs> quoting and that I, yeah. I share the same philosophy. About. Absolutely. But uh, let's let this audience know what uh, what kind of takeaways do you want these guys to get out of this interview today? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, you know, I think the first big one is about trust, right? And trusting in the Lord with all of your heart and understanding that he will take care of you in all, in all your endeavors and in all things. Um, the second one being, you know, key principles around just sort of around faith and leadership and how as leaders in business and business owners and, um, you know, people, decision makers, right? right? How does our faith 
drive um, a lot of our leadership style and our management style. Right. And lastly, thinking about sort of failure and really embracing it and, and thinking of it as an opportunity for um, new beginnings. Yeah. And um, how do we build resilience and belief that no matter what happens, we're going to be okay. Yeah, absolutely. And that's grounded in our faith, right? Absolutely. Because uh, in the context of what we coach and teach, there's no such thing as failure. Exactly. Okay? You just didn't get the result you wanted. That's right. So let's change that paradigm, right? That's right. Let's make that picture a little different in, in how we're going about it. So, uh, you know, the expectation. Well, folks, I'd be very remiss if I didn't let David really share with you his background because he has got one heck of a testimony. So, David, take it away here, buddy. Let uh, Share with our audience uh, <laughs> what David is all about. Absolutely. So I moved to Chicago from India mm-hmm. Um you know, about 15 years ago, right? Okay. And grew up in a grew up in a uh, beautiful Christian household. Both of my parents were our missionaries first, and and doctors as well. And you know, used their um, practice uh, in not only to heal the body, but also to heal the soul, yeah. right? And yeah. and use that as a way to to minister and and to you know spread the word and, and the love and the joy of Christ. Yeah. Right. And so we had the pleasure as children to move around all over Asia. And, you know, so we uh, we lived all over India and, and things like that. And, you know, there were some challenges as well as part of sort of the missionary lifestyle. Right. And one of the things yeah. that my parents really wanted for me was to be able to have an excellent education. And so I was blessed. Um, you know, to be able to go to to Woodstock School, which is yeah. Asia's oldest uh, oldest residential school, and things like that. Okay, well, wait a minute now. I got to stop you here because yeah. you, you skipped over something really important. What's that? When you were born. <laughs> Tell them the very, story. Very yeah. true. So. I, 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 like I tell people, you know, I'm living on borrowed time and mm-hmm. I'm, and that's only because of the grace of God. Right. So right. I was born, um, premature and yeah. I was born with a cord around my neck and, you know, had a very faint heartbeat and things like that. So just out of the gate. Right. Right. I wasn't supposed to make it. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and through prayer and, um, belief and, and everything from, you know, family and the pastor and everything else, that's why I'm here today. Yeah. Right. And, and the whole journey has just been about trust. Yep. Right. And so when, when I was, uh, when I was at Woodstock and then even coming to Chicago here, you know, we, there was a lot of unknowns. We didn't know if it was going to work. We didn't know if we could pay for it. We could, we didn't know if, um, you know, how it was all going to pan out, but The good Lord takes care of all of us. Yeah. Now, right. the Woodstock story, because a lot of people may not be familiar with that yeah. school, because it's a very prestigious school. Why don't you Correct. share with folks about that school? Yeah. So, uh, Woodstock is a, is a uh, it, it was set up by the Baptist Mission in mm-hmm. the uh, late 1800s. And so, it's been around for over 100, 100 years, right? Mm-hmm. And... Um, Lots of lots of great uh, connections to you know um, the, the the missionaries and sort of others that have interfaced with the school over over its history and things like that. But uh, yeah, just a fantastic experience in the foothills of the Himalayas mm. in in India. And so oh, wow. you have this beautiful environment that you're living in, and um, you know there's this uh, the the instructional style is split up between. Um, you know, digesting the outdoors, you know, being faith centric and, right. you know, religion and Christianity and things like that being very centric, even if, even okay. if you come from a different background. Right. right? And, um, and then obviously a great educational experience. So it yeah. really set me up for, and I owe a lot of my success to Woodstock um, for the man that I am today. Yeah. Right. And, 
And so what happened when you got to the States? Because you came to, and you went to school at one of my favorites. So. <laughs> That's, <laughs> That's how we right. got connected. Absolutely. So I went to DePaul University in, uh, in Chicago, Illinois, right. and I studied, uh, I studied film and entertainment law. <laughs> and uh, after I went through that whole process, I basically realized I didn't want to be a lawyer. <laughs> right. <laughs> so, um, you know, I was stuck coming out of college with uh, a very tight timeline. So as mm. part of, you know, as part of immigrants um, coming into the U.S. and things like that, there's very strong conditions around what we can and can't do. And so as shortly after graduation, I had this 90 day window where I had to find oh, wow. a job. Wow. Right. And it, yeah. and it couldn't be unpaid work. It couldn't be an internship. It couldn't be anything of the sort. It needed to be gainful employment. Mm-hmm. And really, I was sitting there scratching my head thinking about, well, what am I going to do, right? And how am I going to leverage these skills? And where are we going with all of this? And that's when, you know, you touched on sort of Napoleon Hill and everything else and and kind of thinking and praying and reflecting on where I need to go. I took some time to sort of stop and just visualize what I want my life to be, right? And after, you know, praying and reflecting and kind of thinking, I realized that there's sort of three core um, areas that I really want uh, to focus in on. And that's, I wanted to, I wanted a position that, you know, parlayed the, uh, or connected rather, um, people, business, and technology, mm. right? Yeah. And once I had that and I knew that was my focus and that's what made me happy, that's when I went and pursued those opportunities and was blessed to end up in the consulting industry. Yeah, now I think there's a little bit of a story there. I think there was a guardian angel helped you on your first appointment, your interview, right? Absolutely. Yeah, what was that about? So, you know, I'd I'd, uh, showed up for this interview that I was going to do, and uh, the address that was given to me, you know, I showed up, and there was a padlocked door, and, you know, there's cobwebs (laughs) in the door, and, you know, there's just a guy sleeping there, right? A homeless guy sleeping in the door, and I'm like, well, this has got to be, I don't know what's going on here. This is, you know, and... I decided to just ask the man if he knew where this business was, right? I could have just turned and walked away, but I didn't. Right. I, I felt okay. a strong urge to ask the question. And he was like, oh, the entrance is on, right around the corner on the other side, right? And if, if God wasn't working yeah. and he, he wasn't there with me and directed me to ask and engage with this individual, I would have never had the career or the start to the career that I have today. Right. Right. And yeah, so that's great. it's just yeah. so beautifully that, that blessed. It just so captured me when you told me about that. I thought... Wow, that's got that's got to be a God thing, right yeah, there. You absolutely. Know? Uh, with all these little miracles, though, all these things through your life, you know, God right. has had His hand on you. He's ordained this, and I can't wait to get to the rest of this guy's story, buddy. I told you guys, fasten your seatbelts because David's going to bring it here <laughs> in this next segment for us. And uh, hey, listen, I am uh, proud to uh, welcome Inbound Studio as one of our sponsors at Faith Marketplace. They have generously provided their talent and expertise to develop and maintain the Faith Marketplace website. Marshall Mullet, the owner, has a mission to keep and help small, mid-sized businesses be more effective and efficient in getting results from their marketing technology. With their vast experience, Inbound Studios builds websites using inbound marketing methodology that provides a beautiful visitor experience that has them coming back for more. So get out there and check out faithmarketplace.com. Look at the beautiful work he's doing for us. Hopefully you keep coming back for more. As a result, the company has evolved into the premier provider of web uh, technology services in the Midwest. Get out and check them out. Inboundstudio.studio. Inboundstudio.studio. And I got to tell you, folks, I told you, you know, David emphasized this, what we're going to get through today, and this is all ordained. Believe me when I tell you, trust in the Lord. Key principles of faith-driven leadership 
and also embracing failure through resilience. That's a big one. We're going to nail that one really quick. We're going to be right back with my special guest, David Shastri. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. All righty. I told you, it's fashion seatbelts. We're here with David Shastri, and uh, he is with Debt Pay Pro uh, and also David Shastri Consulting. So um, we're going to give you a little bit of what that Debt Pay Pro is because he's there, but also we want to land on his uh, consulting business because he's got a lot to bring to the party here today. So... Hey, who's your ideal client? Let's uh, right out of the gate here. Who do you, who's your ideal client that you target? So every every company is a technology company these days, right? Yep. And um, so I'm I've partnered with startups that you know are, are a few people, right up to sort of your enterprise level and um, just that whole gamut. Mm-hmm. Right. So right. Uh, because I work with uh, at a, at a strategic capacity with executives and founders and owners and things like that, I'm happy to work up and down that chain. Right. And you've got quite a span of industries that you've worked in. That's Why don't right. you share that with people as far as some of these industries? You've yeah, absolutely. In? So, you know, I've done um, consulting work in government, defense, healthcare, uh, medical, uh, manufacturing, industrial, just up and down, you know. I don't suppose technology's anywhere in there, right? No, I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and that's important because of the fact that uh, you, you've got a, such a broad range of experience that young people, look, this is a young man sitting here, folks. This is a guy isn't a long beard haired guy like myself. This guy has got, <laughs> oh, by the way, you know what the new term for uh, gray hair is, right? What's that? Uh, wisdom highlights. Oh, I love it. I love it. <laughs> wisdom highlights. And I got a whole bunch, I got a whole head full of them. Thank goodness God has still graced me with having a few of them. Um, so th- there's the target that you're getting after. So let's put this a little bit more on this emphasis on this because you're a problem solver. <clears throat> Absolutely. You have, you have an extraordinary vision uh, scope, what I call high level vision when mm-hmm. you come in, because through your vast experience, I'm, a, you know, I'm not going to assume, um, you've seen particular situations or problems come up quite a bit, yeah, right? Absolutely. And is there? And those apply to pretty much all those vertical markets, right? right. Okay. So what you've got is that thirty thousand foot view. Also, by the way, he's a pilot, so he's got that thirty thousand <laughs> view. Uh, and then you could bring the plane down. That's right. Onto the ground. That's right. And then also give them the a specific way strategically how they can implement an exercise. And then you also have people that can do the execution. That's too, right. right. Okay. So let's talk about that. So what kind of problems do you help them solve? So there's a lot of, most businesses today have pro- digital products and services that they deploy out and, you know, th- it lacks a fundamental user-centered mm-hmm. sort of approach. Right. Just because you have a product or a service and you do some marketing around it does not mean that some you know you have a buyer, right? So really, it's helping um, you know founders, executives, uh, you know boards, people like that to really drill into sort of what problem are they solving, mm. right? What are we have this vast landscape of problems as business owners that we have to consider, working with them to prioritize those problems and really cut 
and separate sort of what really is important from the noise, right? Right, and putting the the customer or the user at the center of that journey mm-hmm. to figure out how we drive, you know, how we drive value and how we put together a plan that drives massive action. Yeah, and it, and you said something very operative there, noise. Yep. Because I see that volume is going up exponentially Absolutely. in the marketplace. Absolutely. So how do you help them cut through the noise, get to the meat of this as to what the user wants? What What's the need of the people that you're trying to serve? So it's by taking a, it's, it's that user-centered approach, right? Okay. So it's by understanding and it's by building empathy, basically, with the user. What okay. are the problems that your users are trying to solve? Right. Let's put your products and services aside for a second here. Yeah, there you go. What is the user trying to accomplish when they're interfacing with your business, right? And then let's let's try to prioritize those those problems that they're trying to solve and build or maybe reorient some of our products and services to connect that. And that's where you have the value and the ROI. And that's why I love this guy because uh, I'm coaching, teaching, and preaching this all the time with salespeople, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, you got to get on the other side of the desk, folks. Mm-hmm. You know, in that's our whole buying decision model was based on the fact of, of helping and coaching these people how people buy, not how you sell them. Exactly. Big difference. Exactly. And so that, like he says, that user experience approach is really now, here's a problem this user's having. They've articulated it. And more importantly, getting on the side of, of, of what I call my favorite radio station, other than WYLL AM 1160, is WIIFM. What's in it for me? Because that's what everybody that's out there buying wants to hear. And that's what you're doing with these companies now. Right. You're getting them out of their own internal conversation, all their stuff, and saying, wait a minute, we let's go out here and start figuring out what it is that they need, and right. then we can work it backwards. Right? Absolutely. And that's a pretty relatively new thing, isn't it? Absolutely. I mean, it's the, the problem has been that, you know, it's been talked about forever. Right. Right. And that is the problem, is that it's... It's all in the talk, and organizations don't actually do it right. because it's very hard to do and hard to do well. Mm-hmm. Right? It's challenging to navigate that process, and when you have so many voices internally and things like that, it's very challenging, and you need that trusted um, resource and that trusted asset to come in and work with you, and right. that's where people like me come in. Yeah, I love it. I love it. So, um, so now we, we identified what some of the BHAGs are, the, yeah. these problems and all that kind of stuff. So yep. what makes what you do different than anybody else that's out there doing it? Because, I mean, we're a riff with consultants. Oh, of course. Right? I mean, there's everybody in the 30-second cousins hanging out of shingle, that's right? <laughs> and saying, oh, yeah, I'm the expert. I'm this trusted advisor. I got all the answers for yeah. you. And, you know, the old axiom, you know, the consultant comes in to tell you what the time is and what, you know, how your watch yeah, that's is right. built, right? That's right. So um, um, what makes you distinct from all the rest of these folks? So... You know, like you touched on previously, you know, it's the the wealth or the diversity of the areas that I've worked in. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, the mistakes that I've made in all of those ah, areas. Ah, now right? we're getting to it. <laughs> right? So yeah. it's not all the things. I've done a lot of things very well. I've done even more things, you know, <laughs> not as well as they could have been. Right? And so what I bring to, um, what I bring to uh, uh, potential clients and new clients is the wisdom that comes from making all those mistakes and learning from those, right? And it's it's consolidating experience across all those industries and learning all the things that you shouldn't be doing so I can give trusted advice in terms of how you should be doing it to avoid those pitfalls. Yeah, yeah. And that, 
Boy, I'll tell you, there's a lot to be said for that because I've, uh, back from an early age, you know, I've only learned from my mistakes, not right. from my success. That set up my successes. That's right. And I've got the bo- broken bones and the bo- bruises to prove it. <laughs> Absolutely. You know? I haven't Absolutely. been the founder of four companies and working for the largest global manufacturer or food company in the world. Mm-hmm. I can tell you those lessons came hard. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Every and, scar has been earned. <laughs> oh, buddy, I want to tell you. And that's way before the digital age, yeah. believe me. Right. <laughs> there was a lot of mistakes made back then. Right. You know, I, I'm kind of curious too. Uh, David is when we talk about this, you know, we're so data driven and, and information driven and all that. And we, do you, my feeling, we're taking some of the humanity out of this. Absolutely. Okay. So is that what I'm hearing from you? Is putting some humanity back into this? Absolutely. Stuff? I mean, you know, you see, as you're saying, we're overwhelmed by data, right? Yeah. And if you stop and think, even in your day to day, the people that you run across, and even ourselves, right? There's a lot of decisions we make that the data tells you otherwise. Yeah. And, you know, and you say, no, you know, I'm going to go do what I feel and I'm going to go do this instead. So human beings are emotional by nature. You bet. Right. And and so that's sort of the softer side of what I bring is not only understanding and saying, hey, here's a plan. This is what we got to go do. But it's also working with your culture, working, you know, with your with your team and things like that to really kind of tailor it to outside of the data, the softer side of your business. What are your clients wanting to do? You know, how can we be more empathetic to understand the emotional outcomes that they're looking for well, and things you know, like that? You make up a good point because, you know, we got a lot of big egos out there with yeah. some of these companies, okay? Right. So how do you get their head screwed around straight on that whole proposition? <laughs> so I think it's by stepping back, right? Mm-hmm. And and realizing, again, bringing that, that user voice into the business. Okay. So as an owner or a founder or whomever, I have what I want and this is how it's yeah. got to be done and everything right. else. But if that's not in alignment with how with the value that your users want to get out of the product or service that you provide, right. then it's it's really doesn't matter as much, right? And if we're thinking about sort of the 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 goal of the business is to provide value to the users and do it in a way that right. um, works for all parties, then we got to put them first. Right. We got to put the customer first and understand what you know, how we can serve them best. I think Peter Druckett said it very well as to yeah. what this is all about, what's marketing about and all that. Right. So, uh, again, I'm, I'm going to pick on it a little bit because, sure. again, dealing with these big, what's the, what's the smash in the mouth to get them to start thinking in a different way? What, how do you do that to get their heads screwed around a little different way? So uh, the, looking at it a different, through a different lens. Yeah, so the, the biggest one is by, by helping them understand that the problems that they think that they've been solving aren't really the problems that they should be solving. Okay. Right? And so, again, when we go out and we understand from the customer side or the other side of the desk as you've been saying it, right? Understanding that, you know, here's the goals that the organization had up to a certain point and sort of what we want to do and everything else. And when I go and talk to your customers and talk to your users and figure out that, hey, I'm just diametrically sort of opposed or I have this other thing that's not even on your radar and I bring that to them, just that, you know, shocks a lot of people because they're like, well, why didn't we think of that? You know, how are, why were we numb to it? You know, how is that not on our radar? Stuff like that, right? So, well, you start believing your own stuff. That's the exactly that's what the problem is. That's you know? exactly right. I mean, it's like a you know a uh, we call the holy huddle sometimes. Right. You know, <laughs> when you're talking amongst yourselves and you're not listening to what's going on around that's right. you and outside of you. Right. And it's a hard paradigm. It Absolutely. Really to break that. Absolutely. And that's why you're here. Yeah. That's why you can bring in that common sense. Bringing right. God, bet, common sense is there such a thing anymore? Yeah. <laughs> um, and bring that common as, sense. As one of my good friends says, common sense is not so common. Yeah, that's right. right. Oh man, I can't believe. Leave already out of this segment. Hey, folks, 
I want to tell you, are you looking for ways to increase your business? Are you hungry for business relationships that matter, that help you grow personally, professionally, and spiritually? Well, welcome to the G7 Network with Purpose, where we form relationships that lead to quality referrals and life transformation. Experience networking with others of like mind and spirit via monthly meetings that follow a powerful format that invites interaction and connection. Immerse yourself in the proprietary G7 app, sharing leads, prayer requests, and increased visibility with the entire G7 network. I'm proud to say that I'm the regional manager here in Chicago now. You want to know about this, get out there and text me at 312-210-0603. Already in the first quarter of this year, we have five chapters up and running in interest from three other people that want to do this. So I'm looking for leaders that would like to do this and, and anybody. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here again with my special guest. I hope you've had your seatbelts fastened because we're going through this fast and furious. But David's going to part with some more wisdom for you. Again, we're talking to David Shastri. Uh, he is the uh, director of product design uh, principal, also of his own David Shastri Consulting. And uh, we were talking about that because he's got some special sauce. But we were digging in a little bit deeper here. Let's have a story, David, of what it's one thing for you to say, yeah, we turn ahead. So give us a story. Absolutely. So, you know, I'll talk about sort of one time that I was uh, I was doing a project with a in the defense sector. Mm-hmm. Right. And working with a lot of military guys. And <laughs> if you know military guys, they don't, especially military leadership, they don't like being told no. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> So just here's the work, go do the work. Right. Come back to me when it's done. Yeah. Right. And so, you know, we're digging in, we were modernizing a system it was from the 80s-ish, okay. right? So we're talking about uh, just shortly after tape, okay. right, For in terms of a technology system and things like that. So um, what they brought us on board in order to do sort of a digital transformation type exercise and to lead that. And... Um, Thinking about sort of when I when I went through it and I was talking to the customer and talking to in this case the the customer or the user was mm-hmm. internal right it was internal right. staff and um, things like that and so I realized after talking to them you know the the main goal of the project was just hey just take this thing from the eighties and bring it into the you know twenty tens and we'll move on okay right and how it works doesn't really matter just move it over move on right and talking talking to the actual users themselves and understanding how they wanted to use it what they wanted was there was a lot of stuff in the old system that just was not giving them what they needed they wanted um, instead of just here's sort of all this data right Right. just tables and tables and tables of data they wanted a system that helped them make better decisions okay right and so they instead of just sort of this push of data onto them, what they truly wanted was, can you build me a system that ingests all this data? Like I can see all of this if I want, but it ingests all this data and gives me recommendations and gives me sort of a a high level sort of picture in terms of this is the situational picture, right? Of of what's going on. So um, after we, you know, I think we talked to something like 150 or 200 different wow. users. We collected wow. a lot of data around it and we, right. and we brought it back to the table and, you know, we're sitting down with these guys and it's like, well, here you go. Right. And we presented it and said, it, it was very clear trend that what they're looking for is predictive capabilities right. out of the, out of the platform. Right. Yeah. there, And there's a whole bunch of um, business outcomes 
you know, such as, hey, if it, it was predictive, we can get more staff up to up to speed and operational faster right. and things like that. You know, we don't need to spend months and months sort of training somebody. You know, the system's easier to understand. So we're in when you're in those high pressure types of situations where you need to make a, a decision. Right. Because that's essentially, you think about military function, yeah, it's time. all about decisiveness. Boy. Right. And um, when I sort of presented that to them, they're like, well, how did we not think of this? You know, like <laughs> predictive capabilities, that wasn't even on our radar. Right. That totally makes sense. Yeah, but yet they do scenario planning all the time for war and everything else. Exactly. You know? I mean, they, they exactly. have to do that predicting and right. all the different scenarios, but that wasn't part that of it. That wasn't part of it because oh that's, goodness. that's not how they were oriented. They right. were more tactically oriented than strategically uh, oriented. Okay. Right. And that's because you're totally right in terms of, yes, in a defensive capability, you have to do all these sorts of things. Right. But for them, they weren't looking at it from the user standpoint, mm. which the user, the people using this sort of day in, day out and things like right. that, this is a tool that they wanted to help them do their jobs better. Right. The leadership was looking at it as a tool to do your job. Right, right. That's you know, great. That's wow. the fundamental difference. Wow. So were they like deer in the headlights or like, oh, glimpse of the obvious? I mean- Yeah, it was a deer in the headlights, right? Wow. For for a majority of the room there, it was a deer yeah. in the headlights. And then now we had one or two people where they're like, yeah, that's that's great. But uh, go do it how we told you to. Yeah, there's always Thomas's in there. Yeah, right? that's right. Yeah, that's <laughs> there's right. There's always the that's Thomas right. in the room. <laughs> Absolutely. You know, so with with them, to make them come around, it was, again, you know, coming back to the points of we're trying to help you build a better employee experience or a better soldier experience. Right. Right. And, you know, let's put the, put this technology thing aside for a second. Yeah. What do you want out of, you know, your soldiers, right? Yeah, and and right. you think about combat effectiveness and things like that. Do you want a stronger army? Yeah. Do you want a, mm. uh, a stronger platoon and things like that? You know, right. do you want them to be more operationally effective and ready? Right. Then you need, then we need to reorient and change our thinking to sort of align with what the frontline guys are telling you. Yeah. Because they're the ones that are using it, not you guys. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I, I, I got to believe, did they implement it? They did. Yeah. Yeah. And so how were the users with that then? Oh, they loved it. <laughs> I bet they, they loved did. it. Now it was a, it, it was a long process and there was a ton of work that went into it. And, you know, it was many more challenges that we had to navigate after that. Right? I, I'm sure there were because but, uh, every rock you turn over, there's something new, you know, that that's you got to right. deal with. That's right. Hey, well, listen, I want to connect faith and work here. Okay. And I know sure. you're a big proponent of that and you, Absolutely. you've got some really great stuff. So what do you praise God for in your business? There's so much to praise. What do I not praise God for in my business, right? So I, I, you know, I'm blessed to work with um, amazing teammates and collaborators. I'm blessed to work with, you know, some very interesting and um, very challenging clients in interesting industries. And when I say challenging, it's challenge, professionally challenging, right? That allows me to grow and really deliver a ton of value. So really blessed for that. You know, blessed that I have obviously a, a loving and supporting family and sort of everything else. And they're key to in, in, in driving how successful I am at work as well. Right. And um, support me in my work. And, you know, I have a very sort of busy and challenging schedule and things like that. And they're right. very supportive of everything that I do there. Um, and I'm, you know, also very thankful of the problems that I get to solve on a daily basis and the value that I get to create as a result of solving those problems. Right. And God's at the center of giving you that because Absolutely. he uh, breathed life into you when you could have right. went another way. That's right. And I got I to gotta tell you, my friend, you got a lot lot to be thankful for, but more importantly, I think he's got a mission, you on mission. That's you know, right. You're going to have a very long life. Yeah. <laughs> you're going to have a very long life. He's, he's not done with you. Yeah. Okay. So um, getting to the meat of this, how do you incorporate your faith in work? Because you're in a kind of a interesting 
ground. I mean, sure. uh, a lot of what people that I've talked to, they bifurcate their life. Right. You know, I'm somebody faithfully, but I'm somebody else in business. Right. So the intersection of those two, and that's what this show has always been about for yep. the last nine years. Yep. How do you integrate that? Absolutely. So let me share a story with you. Sure. Right. So um, this was early 2010s-ish, around the time that the Affordable Care Act was coming up. Right. Okay. And we were contracted by a um, by government agency in order to help them build some digital products that are related to sort of Affordable Care Act. Right. And so as part of building this out, you know, it was a fairly large team on that I was leading on our side. And this was I was a few years into my career here. Right. Okay. And um, so not a ton of experience. Um and things like that, but I was put in a leadership position to lead this team and, and get it done. We were working with a technology partner based out of Asia, and they worked in what's called a on-site offshore model, which means that they have a few key resources here um, in the States that work with us sort of face-to-face and things like that, and the majority of the team is uh, is offshore in Asia, okay. right? And um, so as part of this, you know, we worked intensively with them for a year, 18 months probably, you know, and we're getting, we're, I believe we were three to four months out from launch, right? And, or sorry, three to four weeks from launch. So very close to launch here. And it's a pretty significant sort of effort that would, that would impact millions of people on the East Coast. Okay. Right. And, um, so what ended up happening was, you know, one day the engineering lead, who's a very key sort of position, right? Because they're driving all the technology and everything else. You know, he came up to me and he's like, well, I'll have to drop from the project. Oh, and I was like, well, that's not good. <laughs> you know, I'm going to, what's going on here? I'm going to have to figure this out, right? And so after the initial shock of it kind of wore off, um, you know, I was trying to figure out sort of what was going on because from a, you know, with generally with projects of this size, um, you know, millions of dollars where there's milestones that you have to meet right. and, you know, there's um, there's cost of delay, right? There's right. clawbacks and penalties and all those sorts of things. And those right. are usually daily, yep. right? And so there's a lot to sort of consider here. And, you know, one of the things that I could have done in that situation and say, hey, no, I, I understand you got this emergency and everything, but no, you got to stick on and sort of take us to the finish line here or, you know, there's sort of some yeah. harsh contractual penalties that we can sort of impose, right, right. Um, against this. And <clears throat> when I sort of thought about it and reflected on it, I was like, well, there's something else going on here. And so what is it, right? So connected with him and, and tried to figure it out. And he had this, he had a family emergency. Mm-hmm. And to me, family always comes first, Yep. right? So work is work. I don't care sort of yep. what's happening, but family is always first. Yep. And so... Um, from a leadership side, what I had to figure out was, um, you know, or I made the decision at that point that we're going to we're going to take that on the team. And for me as a leader of that team, I have to, we're in crisis now. And then I got to put together a plan to figure it out and get it done. Okay. So um, I took a bulk of the work on, you know, and distributed the rest of the work across the rest of the team and everything else. And um, we were able to, you know, we were able to get I don't imagine there was much prayer involved in that, was it? No, no, never, <laughs> never. <laughs> if anything, it was only prayer that we wouldn't be late, you know. And, uh, and yeah, we were able to, you know, people were able to rise to the occasion and, and really get it done. And I think that ties back to sort of what we see in, in or what the scripture says in Mark 9.23, right? Mm-hmm. That all things are possible to, to those who believe. And outside of, you know, uh, the belief and, and prayer and faith that, you know, the, the Lord will help us see this project to completion and everything else. There's also belief in my team, right? Yeah. Belief in the resources, belief that everybody is capable and able and willing and, and everything else to, to get this to success, right? And um, we were able to get it. 
and okay. and we got it done and you know we impacted this product is out and still being used to this day and there's it. millions of people being impacted I love by it, it when a plan comes together and guides over the whole resource absolutely that, hey real quick here what words of wisdom that you're young anyways what are you giving to your prayer self because I, I don't want to run out of time because you got a couple of really pithy things yeah absolutely I think that um, you know the the big one is and especially in this situation it's it's to be humble, right? Okay. As leaders and, and humility over hubris sort of any day, right? So as leaders, it's easy for us to kind of stomp around and, um, you know, uh, put our foot down in terms of how things should be done and everything else. But like, it's important to be humble, take a step back from the situation, analyze the situation and, and things like that. You. Okay. Last but least, yeah. Le- uh, interesting, funny, and amazing by you. I mean, the litany goes on as fast <laughs> as you can get through it before we have the break. Here. Absolutely. So, uh, I'm a power lifter, uh, which is a form of weightlifting. I'm yep. a, I did that, uh, semi professionally for a while. Um, I'm also a pilot and I love photography. And, uh, you know, recently I, I, I will or I will soon be learning the art of Ikebana, which is uh, <laughs> Japanese flower arrangement. So I go, love it. I go love figure it. out how I got hey, that we're one. We're going to be right back here with David. <laughs> <laughs> This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here with my special guest, David Shastri. He's a director of product design, but also more importantly, it's the David Shastri Consulting Firm. And boy, you heard a bunch there. I hope you're taking notes or you know, or listen to this again on podcast because we'll have it released out there in podcast. We have a mystery subject we're going to dive into, but first we want to touch on something you know, that David is really uh, you know, very profound about in what he's doing, and that's how he gives hope for people facing challenges. David, what do you do? Yeah, so... And you got a couple great things in here that you shared with me. Yeah, absolutely. I think that, you know, so for for hope, right, mm-hmm. there's, there's a quote that I love from Norman Vincent Peale. So, four things for success, work and pray, Think and believe. I love it. Right. And I, it, I it. that just stands out to me. And, and you know, it really interfaces with something that we see in the scripture, right? Which is Matthew six twenty six. Yep. you know, see the birds of the sky, they don't sow, neither do they reap, nor gather into your barn. Your heavenly father feeds them. Aren't you of much more value than they are? I love it. Right. I love it. And so it's, it's really been about trust, right? Mm-hmm. And trust and believing that the Lord will take care of you. Right. right. And really just that to me is really, that's the hope because it takes the burden off of you. You know, and the other thing too, I think was pretty profound that you shared also was your visioning. You, right. You, you walk into every day with a vision. So right. share real quickly about what that is. So it's, it's vi- active visualization, right? Okay. And, and thinking about and being in, very intentional about sort of where you're going, what you're doing, and being very strategic about the direction. Nothing just happens, right? Okay. And so spending the time to really do that right and so there's um there's a few there's a few readers or or, sorry a few authors that i love you know les brown tony Mm -hmm. robbins you know these types of people they talk about that core concept of visualization right and that was something even for me coming out of college i really needed to visualize you know to figure out sort of where i was going to go because i was stuck in this uh despair essentially of like what's my future going to be yeah and so like i was saying earlier it's just sitting down and really focusing 
Oh man, that's great! Right, and visualizing <clears throat> my future. I, you know, that goes way back to vision boards. I mean, I've been exactly. through a lot of these exercises, exactly. and they're extremely valuable. But you know, to your point, there's anchor points with that too right. that you have to do. Right. Okay. So you and I talked a, bit, a little bit about this, and you brought it up, and I, you, you, we want to land on this one pretty sure. good, and that's about failure. Okay. Yep. Uh, because you mentioned that before, and there's some popular phrases out there about failure, right? right. Uh, that have become more popular, I would say, probably in the last decade. But right. why don't you share a little bit about your reflection on failure? Absolutely. So, <laughs> mm-hmm. failure is opportunity. I don't see it as failure. I right. see it as opportunity, right? right? And so, there are some days that are, there's good days, and then there's character building days, right? right? And those are the days that we face failure. And um, so, when I think about sort of how we fail, it's about failing fast, Mm -hmm. and failing in small increments and failing forward, right? right? And how do we roll um, the failures that we have into massive action and massive success and and into our personal growth, our business growth, you know, and and really being sensitive to, uh, sensitive and aware, you know, of how you're failing and that failure is not, it's not a negative thing. Right. Why do you think people are afraid to fail? I think it's fear. Fear. And what's that stand for? What's that the acronym for? You tell me. Huh? You tell me. False evidence that appears real. That's <laughs> Absolutely. That's what fear is. False Absolutely. evidence that appears real, folks. Absolutely. And that's why I wanted to bring this up, and we talked about this in the break, is, you know, I, I think that that fear is what's overwhelming for a lot of us to share our faith at work, okay? And as I tell people oftentimes, it's not preached very often from the pulpit that it's encouraging that we're, uh, you know, in the Bible, encouraged to work with excellence. That's going to shine through. It's not about quoting scripture or being versant or being a theologian or anything else. It's showing up because people watch what we do. They watch and they're more influenced by our walk than they are the talk. I think it was St. Saint, uh, Saint Francis Sisi that said once, uh, at least that's what they attribute to, you know, go out and spread the gospel, use words if necessary. Okay. <laughs> that's and fantastic. And there's, there's a lot of truth in that. And I just want to be uh, a source of encouragement to you all right there, because we're salt and light in the world. That's what we're put here for. And we're supposed to become disciples, all corners of the earth, from the Alpha to the Omega, right? And so I want to be able to encourage through this show, how do we integrate those two things? Because we spend most of our waking hours at work. And that's where we have the huge opportunity with coworkers. If we're a business owner, the average business owner in this country, a small mid-market business owner, privately held, has influence over 1,500 people. That's bigger than most churches. So between their employees, their vendors, and their customers, you can be salt and light out there. So I just want to encourage you, whether you're showing up at an office, showing up at work, or your home office, or whatever it might be, you know, to be salt and light out there, and don't be afraid. Don't have the fear that's so old that I'm going to get judged, or people are going to label me, or whatever the case might be. So be it. They're going to do that regardless, okay? So, you know, be a shining light out there. Being a person of faith and belief that is going to go a long way, and I think you've heard it from David today. That's gotten him through a lot of things, a lot of challenges, and you learn from these things. So I just wanted to talk about that that failure thing because it really, you know, at Samurai we teach about failure. The only, the only thing that we label as failure is not trying. Right. Okay? Right. That's what failure is, not trying. Right. So break down some of those barriers, gut through it, and I will tell you from personal experience, when I've crossed over that chasm and took that leap of faith, because that's what it is, built on a bridge of hope, that it has been absolutely amazing what I've seen happen. I used to be reluctant to pray for people, right? And I'd say, well, I'll pray for you and I'll go away. Right. Now I step into that. If I am faced with an issue with somebody or whatever, I stop right then and there and I pray for them. And guess what, folks? Nobody has ever refused me to pray for them. Right. Okay. 
and I don't know their backgrounds or anything. I'm praying for them. But it's quick, it's simple, and it's to the point of what that issue is for them. Right. It's not some long, drawn-out, you know, that I'm all up there on my high horse, you know. So. <laughs> what, what do you do in those cases like that when you address failure or when your team is faced, just like what you just shared mm-hmm. with us, what, what are some of the things that's going through your mind as, as you start to do that? So for me, it, I need to step back as a leader and mm. I, need to, I need to get my own bearings first ah. before I can lead the team, okay. you know? So it's not the blind leading the blind, right? right? And so for me, it's, uh, you know, my, my powerlifting coach says this all the time, you know, the, the, you really have to think the only confidence that matters is self-confidence, okay. right? And, and when we think about sort of confidence and self-worth and sort of things like that, you realize, and when you reflect on it, you realize that like it really doesn't matter if you make a mistake. Mm-hmm. And to your point about, it doesn't matter what everybody else is saying, right. right? And like, again, you know, there's a quote that I love, if there's no enemy within, then the enemy outside can do us no harm, ah, right? There you go. And, and along those lines, it's, fi- it's just figuring out the plan, stepping back from it, thinking about it, getting your bearings, put a plan of action together, and then we go, and then that's communicated to the team. Right. And that's really what effective leadership is, right. where teams are looking for guidance in terms in times of crisis of how do we get out of this? Yep. Right. Well, you said it. Let's go back to that quote again. Which What's one? The one you just said. So if there's the no, enemy, if there's no enemy within, the enemy outside can do us no harm. Think about that from a biblical standpoint. Right? Absolutely. I mean, we're under attack. I know I am personally under yeah. attack. But because of my faith in that core center of belief in Jesus Christ, Lord and Savior, mm-hmm. I can't, you know, it isn't going to get to me from within. So what happens is the evil one attacks me in other ways. Right. Okay. Because he knows he can't put that missile right in my heart. Right. Because my, my heart's protected. That's right. But around me, okay? And so I, I see that too, and I'm sure you experience too, mm-hmm. when the team's under attack or individuals or a family member's under attack because of that core belief that you have. Right. You know, it's unshakable. Right. Uh, and, and it's got me through a lot, believe absolutely. me when I tell you. Yeah, <laughs> Because, absolutely. you know, when you're on your knees, you know, and being a business owner and being entrepreneurial, <laughs> there's been many a time when I'm scratching my head, what am I, how am I going to make payroll? You know, right, How right, am I going right. to get through this one? Or... Geez, that biggest client just left, you right. know, and what are we going to do What are we going to do? That? Yeah. Right. So I can't believe, Dave, we're already out of time. This oh. has been such a fabulous experience today. Folks, I hope you've gotten a lot of nuggets out there. Get out there at AM 1160. Listen to us out there and also the podcast. Check out faithmarketplace.com. All the podcasts for the last nine years are up there. You can listen to some great interviews I've had. I think it's over 700-some interviews and uh, and more to come. So uh, you've listened to a great young man today with some of the things and brought a lot of wisdom for us today. I hope that you'll uh, had take some notes and some things that he's doing. Stay tuned. We're going to be back here next Saturday here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. I'm Bob Lambert, host of Faith Marketplace, and we're going to give you some more inspiration next week. <laughs> Thanks for joining us for Faith Marketplace Radio, here to inspire, equip, and encourage Chicagoland's Christian business community. Faith Marketplace is on every Saturday at noon, right here on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. Listen to past shows anytime online at faithmarketplace.com.